Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Again. What does that mean if I'm addicted to my vibrator? <laughs> All the thoughts you're thinking, but not saying. We are two radio chicks who talk shit on this podcast about thoughts you're thinking, but not saying. Filled with so many amazing, so many inspiring, talented, hilarious chicks. Coming up this I so much trouble for calling a friend fat. In fact, I think I called her pretty, pretty fat fat. Um, and she took great umbrage to it, but the thing is that she is fat. Thinker Girl, the podcast with the Thinker Girls, Stacey June and Christy Mercer. You're listening to Thinker Girl, the podcast with the Thinker Girls, Stacey June and Christy Mercer. We're glad that you're back just to have a little chitty chat with us. Oh. So we're recording in this weird little booth at the moment. It's very intimate. Look, we would have taken this two years ago, but since we've now got a national radio show, we're feeling quite down the ranks. Yeah, we feel like yeah, we feel like we've been um, I don't know, like we deserve more. We've we put. <laughs> On a, we put on a, a pedestal and now we're back on the floor. And it, can't, it hurts when you've been on that pedestal and then you're back on the floor. But if we're going to go on the floor for anyone, it's Susie and Kate. So they're in the studio at the moment uh, recording their show. Um, and we grew up listening to them, you know, in, in Melbourne. Uh, so I, I kind of feel like, like you were saying earlier, we'll always have a soft spot for them. Well, I said to our boss earlier, because they're in recording in, in the studio that we would usually use to record this podcast, I said, oh, but they're our idols. And he goes, do you get nervous around them? I was like, what? No. Have you met her? I don't. I don't, I don't get nervous. No, I don't really get nervous around anybody. Kylie but Minogue no. was the only person I could get well, nervous Well, you went around. full mute then. Yeah, it's true. You were nervous. But anyway, um, it is time to talk about somebody else. Well, we moved to Sydney a year and a half ago. Mm. And we don't really talk about it that much on the show because it's a national show, you know, so you can't be giving away all the secrets. It's very true. Yeah. Because, yeah, because you have to kind of... I don't know, be chatting to everyone, not just the peeps in Sydney. But there was a really big show that was rumoured to be launching when we moved um, called The Real Housewives. Oh, now, yeah. it was Real Housewives of Melbourne. There wasn't a Real Housewives of Sydney. And when that came, I thought this is going to be a different different game to The Real Housewives and of that- Melbourne. Because after I just moved to Sydney, I was like, fuck, there are full-on wankers everywhere. Like, mm. money means a lot in this town. That's for sure. And everyone's flashing the cash. But you one, know? Uh, one particular chick that we've adored, uh, because I just don't know if there's another person that's saying it as it is like this particular woman. <laughs> and we thought we've got to have a yarn to her on the podcast because she's just going to keep up with us in terms of exposing everything. And that is, of course, Lisa Oldfield, who joins us on our show. Hello, Lisa. Woo! Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Stacey. Thanks for having us. Oh. having us. Listen to me talking the rural plural. I sound like one of those Sydney just wankers. Just because you're on David's phone doesn't mean it's a joint thing, you know. You uh, you can have your own identity, Lisa. Yeah, seriously. That's actually what I want to talk about today, in I fact, so that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but no, no, he has come through with the goods today because every other phone line we called you on, including your nanny's phone, just would not work. I do love your attention to detail, though. You should, you know, I can't do this. I can hear myself back. I'm like, this is taking ages, but I'm kind of respecting her for it. <laughs> I'm still hearing myself back. I feel oh. like Athena who hears voices in her head. I'm hearing my own voice back in my head. 
<laughs> oh man, we want to we want to get into the nitty gritty with that kind of stuff as well. Um, but let's have a, a crack into uh, into the show. If you found us through Lisa, welcome. We are two radio chicks who talk shit on this podcast. All the thoughts we're thinking but not saying. Um, we have a national radio show that stem from this show, uh, doing very much the same thing, but just in four minutes with a bit of Taylor Swift around it. Yeah, and don't forget um, lots of lots more kind of sound effects. Yeah, exactly. bells <laughs> and whistles. Here. Yeah, uh, here it's much more stripped back. But we will bring a gem to the table, something that's on our mind that we're thinking but not saying. Uh, Philip the Duck will rein us in to let us know that we've carried on. Let's do a quick content. So we just need a headline of what everyone can expect this week. Um, tonight I want to bring a bit of a convo that we, we had amongst a couple of girlfriends last night when we went out for a drink after work, and that is um, when you've been with somebody for so long, how you can kind of grow together as a couple, but naturally you're individuals, so you grow at different rates, and how um, a lot of times one person in that relationship, and I reckon so often the, the chick and I've certainly felt this, can kind of slow down the rate of their growth to I, wait, make the other person I, catch up. I know a relationship at the moment mm. this is happening to and it's a guy, so it's not always the case. Mm. I might, it might be mm. more often than not, but I, this guy's kind of outgrown her. Mm. Um, Lisa, do you have something on your mind? What are you thinking? I, I want to talk about fat shaming. Okay. Because apparently you can't point out that someone is fat, even if you are fat. Yeah, right. Um, it's a you big can't... nowhere. It's, it's the F word that nobody wants to hear. So I'd like to chat about that. That's brilliant. Okay. Let's talk about that. I want to talk about how I orgasmed from receiving a blowjob. Hang on. I think it's not called a blow. Do you mean you were you giving the blowjob or were they giving you the no, going I, down on you? No, I, I, was, I was receiving the blowjob. You don't call it. That's it's not, not a blowjob. It's job. not it's a, a blowjob. Oh. Yeah, you don't call it. I say when someone goes down on you, but a blowjob is actually a dick. It's not. Don't rain on my parade, bitches. Like, I'm saying that it all works. You don't blow. You don't blow anyway. Yeah, true. No, it's oh. no, I it's isn't... that you did when I was, when I was a young girl, when I... No, I have. First, I have ejaculated. I've ejaculated um, in the last few yeah, months. There's no blowy involved. Whoa! I thought it was blowy because they blow, because they <gasps> because their semen like blows out. Yeah, that's why. It, isn't that why it's called a blowjob? Well, let's just get crack. Let's crack into this because yeah, everyone talk wants it. to talk. Or should we have that as the head, like the hook later? Nah, just get into it. Well, yeah. So I have. I it was interesting because we did a live podcast a few years ago where I said that I wasn't really into fingering and everyone was like well you're fucked there was like 60 people in front of us my dad was in the audience <laughs> and I was like yeah look I'm just gonna say sometimes it feels like I've got these pencils going up me and it's not really enjoyable and and like inserting a tampon yeah I just felt like it wasn't that I was necessarily always so dry like that yeah. but it just felt like it was a bit uncomfy and then everyone after that was like oh you're just doing it wrong you've got it with the wrong guy this this and this and I still stood by that for some time. I was also I a person. about the germs, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, I just wanted them to wash their hands so it was completely sterile. Yeah, underneath the, the, underneath. the trolley at the supermarket. Oh, oh. With. Isn't that a so. disgusting thought? Like, and what's hiding under your fingernails? But what, about in your, what about in your mouth? Because the other step here is I've always quite enjoyed as foreplay uh, getting oh, – what, what, the guy, a guy going, going down, down on me. Oh, why? Think there needs to be a. I think there needs to be a name. It's cunnilingus. That's what it actually. Oh, is it? I think that's where C U N T comes from. Cunnilingus. So cunnilingus. So that comes from the French word contra. Ah, oh, what does that mean? Um, cunt. Oh, it does. Oh, so thank vagina. God we've got. Thank God we've got yeah. you around here to fill us in, Lisa. Yeah. But don't, it is. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. When it comes to swear words. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is technically technically called cunnilingus when a when a man no, is giving oral sex to a woman. Your vagina is called cunnilingus. I don't think the action is called cunnilingus. No, the action is cunnilingus, oh. isn't it, Lisa? Yes. 
Oh, it is. Okay, sorry. All right. It's cunning so, is the action, and then the reverse for a man is fellatio. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. one. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So it sounds cunning. like a pasta, you know, fellatio arrabbiata. It does. It sounds it like sounds it could so, be penne. It sounds creamy and delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Which it often it probably is. <laughs> I'm on board with that caper anyway. <laughs> uh, I never put anything in my mouth that I can't chew. You know that yeah. old line about why a bride always has a smile on her face walking down the aisle? Because she knows she's given her last blowjob. I really, oh, I really, re- I really remember that, like going through high school and stuff. This conversation as to whether to teeth or not to teeth, even if you're using them softly. And I, or, and I came out of that going never, ever, ever teeth. I use a little bit of teeth. Ne- but I never do. Very softly. <laughs> never. Anyway, I was receiving a cunnilingus. It sounds so natural. I had a cunnilingus <laughs> going on down there, and I'd often used, and I often enjoyed it for foreplay, not the main event. Mm. So I'd never been able to actually get there. But wait, wait, wait. Had you tried? What do you mean? Like, had you tried to actually orgasm while somebody was down there, or had it always, or had you never really allowed yourself because it was always like, okay, this is just the first bit before we actually have this sex? This is the key to so much mm. of unlocking women's pleasure mm. is actually trying to do that and not feeling like you're on a ticking time bomb. Yeah. Because I think with foreplay, you think, all right, well, this is. This isn't the main event, so you're going to end up leading to P in V or whatever your version of that is, you know. Like, so I often was exactly that, probably not even giving it the time that it Mm -hmm. needed as it just its own event, its own part on the menu. Anyway, I've recently done that. It all works. And it is so amazing to be climaxing and orgasming differently from different things. Because I think I had a real idea of how I got there. And there was a few different options, but they were pretty used on fairly big repeat for the last 10 years. And then there's just been a little bit of an opening uh, in my life that's allowed me to have a little bit more sex, which I will share in in good time. Uh, And I am now a person that can climax... So many different ways, oh, and one of them is from cunnilingus. Very, I think that the orgasm from someone going down on you is, in, in my experience anyway, much better than an orgasm from sex. I would have to agree. Yeah, it is. I can orgasm from nipple stimulation. Can, can you? you? Mm. I, not me stimulating it. It has to be a second party involved. Yep. Good Lord, girls, this conversation is so sorted. I've lit a cigarette. I feel like I'm having a postcoital ciggy. <laughs> oh, you what, you can't weigh in? You, what do you mean? Yeah. No, I don't feel like with all this sex talk, I've had sex. Oh, you, do, you feel, do you feel turned on talking about this? Are you easily turned on? I have on. lit the fag. Oh, she's oh had... that's unreal. <laughs> uh, I was wondering what was going on and over it, there. And it's not her best friend. Um, but honestly, <laughs> so, like, so, on, so are you a person that's easily turned on, Lisa? Easily reach climax. That's incredible. Oh, wow. So when did you figure that out that you could climax just from nipple stimulation? Because I am all for that. I love a bit of nipple touching, but it's always kind of in conjunction with something else, even if it's, you know, kissing or, yeah, you know, the... or fingering or something else. Like I've never actually had somebody touch my nipples without kind of something else going on. So how do you figure out that you can do that for it's starters? It's just like, oh, sucking away. And, oh, bang. Hello. I'm good. I'll go to bed. You sort yourself out. Oh, my God. That's unreal. Is it like hard nipple tugging or is it like more of a caress and then a build up? Oh, look, a bit of both. I think it starts off gentle. I mean, you don't want to get straight in there and like mm. you yank on them like a tug of war rope. But. <laughs> 
I love having my nipples touched and sucked so much, Lisa, that like about a year ago on the show, we got um, mums to call up because I was actually mortified that when I, if I do have a baby and, and I'm able to breastfeed, that I would be turned on slash maybe would even climax from breastfeeding my kid. Like it's a really deep-seated fear of mine that I'm like, Does oh, my God. Does it happen because your boobs feel like giant balloons are about to explode and they're so sore. It's a different It just feels beast. like someone has taken to them with a cheese grater. Oh, God, but it had happened for some women that do think, call. What, going back to the cunnilingus, what do you think is the key there? Because I feel like there are also, as much as I am more open and giving things more time, I do think that there is a little bit of a formula there that that boys should be looking up maybe a step-by-step guide if they're not actually allowing or getting women there. What do you reckon, Lisa? I've never been there, so... I'm learning from you guys. Yeah, me neither. I, I've never gone down on a no, woman. Neither have I, but I, rec- I reckon that I'm someone the same that had never climaxed from someone going down on me until I was with my boyfriend and it was quite overwhelming at first because I think you'd never even allowed yourself to relax enough to enjoy it enough to actually get there, which yeah. is quite, yeah, it's quite full on when you go, oh my God, like it's confronting because you realise I don't know. You've never even let yourself have that after all of this time. I just find it boring. I tend to read a magazine while it's happening. Really? I think the key is in the build-up. I think it really is. Well, for me anyway, it starts from like maybe massaging, touching, then kissing, then kind of fingering on the clitoris or the outside, then fingering the inside. I was always a fan of frottage. What's What's that? that? Basically dry humping. Oh yeah, I love a dry hump. Same. It's so a it's a dry actually hump. so underrated. Uni- oh. my, my entire university life is dry humping my boyfriend. Yeah, it's very good. You can actually almost. I felt like when I was don't younger, don't feel juvenile doing that. by it. People often. I still do it now, and sometimes I'm like, "This is very juvenile," but I'm like, "This is very good." Why I feel would like you not? could almost climax just from that, though. Like <laughs> I remember when I was younger, before I'd had sex, almost feeling that peak, not yeah, really knowing yeah. what it was. Oh, I definitely had when I was a kid, because of course I, I saved myself to marriage, but um, <laughs> a, a bit of frottage, um, yeah, always did the trick. Frittage. Oh, it sounds humping. like yo play yoga. Yeah, or it so does, many, it? Everything's a real feast. <laughs> <laughs> Missed anything from the Thinker Girls this week? Back to your story. <laughs> Don't worry, we've been waiting for you at thethinkergirls.com.au to catch up. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, Lisa, let's get into your gem, please, and talk to us about what's on your mind. Well, I've gotten so much trouble for calling a friend fat. In fact, I think I called her fatty, fatty, fat, fat. Um, and she took great umbrage to it. But the thing is that she is fat and I'm fat, so get over it. 
Did you? But how, how what did is you say fat? It? What is fat in your? What is fat in your definition? Uh, look at uh, the love handles. You know, the veranda over the toy shop. Mm. But Lisa, how <laughs> did you? The gun's a key, key indicator. But <laughs> Lisa, how did you actually say it? To her? Did you say it to her face in a loving way? Was it behind well, her she back? She said it the like, way Lisa would say it, which is probably terrifying. No, I said it in a series of master interviews, which was played back to her at the Real Housewives of Sydney reunion. Oh, God. Oh, but so she hadn't actually heard you say that to her face. It was only on an interview that she heard back later? Uh, Only on national television, yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. I reckon it's – do you reckon she would have reacted in the way, Lisa, by calling her fat to her face if if it was that case as opposed to hearing it back when she wasn't there? Well, this particular girl is mortified by basically everything I did. So if I'd asked her what the time was, I think she should be equally upset. um, We've got a few of those in our lives. I should have just pointed out that she was a snob and a wanker and a dickhead and entitled rather than take a weight. But I still, I've I've copped it for pointing it out. So if you were to say any of those things, you think you would have copped it less than saying the F word, the fat word. Correct. Mm. Yeah. Because we're also politically correct and we can't say anything these days. Yeah, it's interesting because I think the word fat, I think in my mind, still means overweight, but I believe that it now may have been changed like the word slut. Slut, if you actually look at the definition, is that you've a woman has slept with more than one partner. So welcome everybody to the world of being yeah, a slut. Exactly. That's so it's like fat is also, I think by definition, in my understanding... Uh, someone that is like physically overweight by the foundations of the freaking blah blah blahs, you know, like the yeah, they've the, got a BMI of over twenty five. Yeah. But and I believe think, me, this girl and I are both probably sitting on a BMI of twenty six. Do you reckon, Lisa, because you feel yourself and you said I I I identify as someone that's overweight or fat, you feel as though you have more more not more right, but it's like um, you would be more willing to call somebody else fat because you then call yourself that too. Exactly. It's the same as black people can use the N-word to each other, but white people can't say it. Um, it's the same as, like, if you're skinny, you can't call me fat. But if you're a fellow fatty, you can call me a fatty, fatty, fat, fat. It is interesting because on the show we were, we did a phone where we wanted to speak to black women. And there was a lot of conversation and discussion around other words that we could use apart from the word black. Is it dark? Is it coloured? Is it, you know, race or... But well, because we were well, because we were wanting to talk about a series that was in America, like, and it was a US-based series, and a lot of the argument around the studio was that the word calling someone black in Australia means something very different to the states. Whereas I've lived overseas and I've travelled. If somebody has black skin, they're a black person to me. It's that I'm. I don't have anything to worry about. My intentions and the way that I speak aren't, you know, it's not, I'm not a racist person. So it's just a description. But and they, the black person knows they're black. They're not going to be offended by it, but they would be offended by the N word. I would be offended by the N word. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that kind of goes without saying. But I feel as though sometimes people that are more offended by things are then more racist or more judgy in their own mind sometimes, do you think? Where if you're. No. I, I, I think people that would use those types of words are probably racist. Oh, what do you mean? So you think, explain that again. So I know I don't think a racist person would steer away from a horrible word like the N-word. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like sometimes people that freak out about using the word black or black person, and then there's almost like this deep-seatedness and almost maybe, I don't know, unconscious racism in them because they're freaking out that it's a bad word when it's actually not. There is no that, other intention. I think that it can be that case, but I do think that I think an overall society or our overall culture does skew towards a more racist view. And so I think now because that is something we can't control, Mm. like I can't control the country and the way that everybody thinks – Everyone is now a little bit like they overcompensate for mm. that under like that subtle underlying racism but culture I do, we have. But I do think the same thing goes with people that are overweight. Overweight though too. What do you mean? Like I feel as though. How do I put this? I feel as though because um, we now do live in a in a world and in a culture where there are plenty of overweight people, and we're constantly seeing overweight people work out and lose weight and go on diets, like you know, on our TV screens and and everything like that. That there, I don't know, that there is kind of this um, fear of offending people. So then. I don't know. It's almost like it has become more – the word fat has become more of a dirty word than it actually maybe used to be. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I think that it's um, – I think that it can go every way, really. But I think that in terms of skinny as well, I reckon that a lot of people would say to me in the past – um, and I feel like I could never, ever complain about it because skinny is supposed to be the way that you want to be. But I, towards the beginning of last year, I was in, had incredible, really full-on anxiety and had lost a lot of weight. I just lost my appetite. And everyone had to comment on it. Like, oh, you're so point, skinny. Oh, you're too skinny. Would yeah, some, sometimes yeah, Sometimes yeah. people would say God, that. God, you are looking really thin. You know, there's also, I think, just sometimes a matter of, where the intention is. So I think if you're saying you're fat or you're too skinny, you can say those things if it's not coming from a place mm. where you're trying to be an asshole. you know? And yeah. I think... I, I, to be fair, I was trying to be an asshole. Well, then you are an asshole. <laughs> like, so, right. so she's going to react the way she's going to react. You know what I mean? Like, she's going to get upset because I guess... If you're trying to be an asshole, then you are essentially trying to upset someone. I feel so yeah. immune. I feel so immune to the word fat. It's actually quite awful. Like growing, like growing up, I remember my dad when I was 15, like starting to go through puberty, and your body changes and you're feeling so sensitive. And I remember him looking at me and saying, "Your ass is getting fat. You better start working out." And that has been through like my entire kind of growing up, and and my my entire family are very very um, appearance focused and have a lot of things to say about the way that people look, the way they appear, even like randomly you'll be at a cafe. Oh, look at that waiter. She's so fat. Oh, look, her hair's awful. Like, and that, and I just grew up with that kind of being normal. And it wasn't until I kind of moved away and got out of that a little bit where I was like, oh, that's actually gross because there is, there is an unconscious, I don't think it is conscious, but there is an intention there to make my family in particular or, you know, other people in my life to make you feel better by pointing out people's negative flaws. But that's still a judgment and that's what I think. I think I can handle really confronting words if the intention isn't mm. that people are trying to feel better about themselves or um, or being a cunt, basically. Mm. Um, so that's... The so what's the next topic we're going to talk about? The, the next topic is, thanks for uh, being our Lady Philip. That's good. <laughs> Because he went off a little bit ago. Reckon the girls are over sharers. Wait till you see them on Snapchat. <laughs> see what goes down behind the scenes. Follow the Thinker Girls on Snapchat. Um, no, no, no. I want to talk about 
um, when you're in a are relationship. You bo- are you bored, Lisa? I am. I, I completely. I can <laughs> hear it. I don't sugarcoat anything. No, no that's no, no. fair. Yeah, fair enough. We'll move along. Um, when you're in a relationship and, I don't know, you as individuals kind of grow at kind of different rates um, and then you kind of grow together as a couple. And I was having this conversation with some mates last night who said, oh, God, you've been with your boyfriend Zane for a while now. It's been about eight years. And I reckon through a lot of that period, it's that's the kind of time from about 18, 19 to about, you know, late 20s where, you, where you're doing a lot, if not most of your growing that you'll ever do in your life, where you're starting to ask yourself those big questions, who am I? What am I good at? Like, what do I even like? You know, what do I do? And you're changing constantly at that time. And I reckon the convo that we were talking about last night is a really interesting one where you sometimes in a relationship, and I've certainly felt this even really recently, where I've felt kind of like I've been growing at a more rapid rate to my boyfriend. And I don't know, there's almost been this kind of feeling recently where I'm like, I have to kind of stop my own kind of growth and self-development because I'm waiting for him to catch up a bit. Because it, because that then leads to us being on really separate pages. Mm. And I don't know. I don't, I don't Apparently know. the most successful marriages ever are where there is an eight, nine-year age gap between the, male, the man and the woman. So the man being eight or nine years older. Really? Because men are inherently immature, you know. I have girlfriends in their late 20s, early 30s who want to start a family and their dickhead boyfriends or husbands are playing Xbox on weekends. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I founded a company called the Australian Egg Bank was to encourage young women to freeze their eggs at their peak fertility. Um, so, you know, let the dead shit boyfriends, you know, sow his wild oats, do all these dead shit things. And then when he's caught up with her, um, have a baby then, but have a much better chance of falling pregnant. You know, if you're 26 and having regular unprotected sex, you're 95% likely to have you know, to fall pregnant within a year. If you are 40, those same conditions, you've got about a 10% chance of falling pregnant. So I say, store your eggs, travel, enjoy work, um, build your career, put up with the dead shit boyfriends, and then when you finally reach a point where you're on the same level, then have a family. But do you believe that you stay together, you know, so you say the dead shit boyfriend, but the dead shit boyfriend does come around with age? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I would always encourage women to um, to find an older partner. You know, my husband is 17 years older than me, so he mm. had and all these wild oats. He'd you know, been to the footy games, you know, out at bloody nightclubs picking up slovenly women. Mm. Um, mm. So, yeah. But I don't even think it's about necessarily out. just that cliche stuff too. I think it's just a growth difference. Yeah, like and that's I think- the way I've found it. I mean, uh, yeah, it is different for everybody. But I mean on like a, a, on a deeper personal figuring out kind of who you are and, but I think what, and what you want out of life. But I think that's all the I think it just re- is – it's shown differently. Your boyfriend isn't a person that's going out and clubbing and, you know, playing no, PlayStation. No. But at the same time, that's a different way that someone is showing that they're not growing up. Like he might have his own ways of showing that. He well, in a way, it almost feels up. like bigger and heavier because it's like the actual, you know, like the deeper stuff, like in terms of what you want out of life and, and whether you're motivated to kind of make changes and, you know, confront things and talk about things. But I like, think that is the same as someone playing PlayStation. It just is looks different on the outside. Mm. It that is saying exactly the same thing is that when people are doing that stuff, it it's it's equals the same source. Mm. It's interesting because there's how do you find the line of knowing when okay I've got to a, I've got to a point where I have this is you know where do you 
hold out till because it's a tricky point because for those of you who are listening that is relating to you and this story and thinking yeah I'm in this place I'm I'm with a guy that I feel like I've I've outgrown to some degree but I'm in a long-term relationship and I do see him being the father of my children how do you know to outgrow it versus you know to walk away or to stay well I reckon I've been in that place of waiting maybe for about two or three years Mm -hmm. and in particular the last couple of months and this is not like Zane would not hear this podcast and be surprised. Like we've had really open conversations where it kind of it, it it kind of broke my heart, but at the same time I was completely fine to say things out loud that almost shocked me with how okay I was so to say out loud. I two to say, three years is your was your uh, but yeah, and I'd said to him, I'm like, I don't know how much longer I have it. I have it kind of in me to keep doing this, to kind of keep feeling as though I'm trying and, and, and waiting for you and then kind of nothing. Like I need... But what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for a ring on it? Or are you no, waiting no, for not at home? all. Like what, 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 what does that growth together look like to you? The growth to me and the, and the way that it looks like is just a, um, a willingness and a wanting to be the best person that you can possibly be. And instead of accepting... And however that looks yeah, for them. And extend, instead of like being negative and accepting that this is your lot in life, I'm just not that kind of person. I'll never be that just... That sounds pretty fucking airy fairy to me. Yeah. I'll, what do you mean? Like from, from oh, my, from like, my like, behalf? Oh, fuck, we want to grow together. Oh, fucking we want to feel the same thing. No, I mean, set fucking milestones. Just go, right, want to buy a house, get a mortgage, you know, want to buy a dog together. Those Look, it's things. more it's than that. that. It's no, more... But I don't think it is, Christy, because in some ways, like, I, 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 it sounds harsh, but you guys are now talking about a house and you weren't before. So even though it might not be necessarily just about materialistic things around the outside, mm. milestones are important with relationships. And you guys, since Absolutely. you've had these conversations, have identified that, mm. that you hadn't had milestones ticked off and you do now, but you didn't. And you, it's a really exciting time for both of you to think about that. But before you didn't have them. Mm. And so, if you didn't have those milestones, for example, I then... I think it's important um, too. Like, say, for example, moving in together being a milestone. If he resists, then clearly there's a communication problem. Maybe you need to decide, mm. um, do we continue on this trajectory or do we That's you know, a really, find someone else? It's actually a really good point because if you are in a place like this and you're listening and you're going, I don't know how to go, then set a milestone and see where you get with it because it's a really easy way to be able to then put some structure in what sometimes might feel like an uncontrollable situation. I reckon probably one of the more tangible, hardcore, um, I don't know, one of those milestones anyway was him getting in and speaking to a therapist because they're, I don't know, like I I felt as though I I couldn't solve those kind of problems that we would go round and round in circles for. So that was more of an an actual act. That that, that was a milestone. He wanted to make an effort. He wanted to continue forward. Because it was more than just going to the therapist. I know know you're not going to click your fingers and and things are solved, but it was was actually showing that you are willing enough to to get on board and and try. It's not even that it has to be fixed. It's just the trying And and acknowledging that that he's part of the problem or he's the problem. So I think that's an important milestone. I think you are yeah, I think you're right. I and think, he ticked it. Yeah, Thank fuck. Yeah, because I really like that this guy. Is relationship <laughs> advice with Lisa Oldfield, like because I've got the happiest fucking marriage in the world. But um, well, I think but we hey, just together. well, we just know the bits that we know from our own journey. It doesn't mean or our own lessons, and you don't fucking know if that's going to help someone else. You might feel like you don't know anything, but then your one thing that you know mm. might help someone else. Mm. Who knows? It's true. That's exactly. what. Well, that's exactly what our show is. We don't claim to know fucking shit, but we will share our story. And then <laughs> and then if that so happens to somehow, I don't know, land in the hands of someone that needed to hear the babble, then great. 
Good luck to you, you know? Our job here is done. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can, of course, uh, check out all the series of The Real Housewives of Sydney. Lisa Oldfield, it has been an absolute delight. Thanks for joining us. Girls, you're, you're a scream. I love you. I actually caught you last night and I was pissing myself laughing on the way home. Thank what, you. What, were you li- what part were you listening to? hour's worth of traffic. <laughs> yeah. Worthwhile. What did you hear in particular? What was it? Oh, there was something that was making me laugh. Oh, God. I'm trying to think of what it was. One of you was wanting to have a baby. I oh, oh, yeah, it's yeah. me. That old chestnut. Stacey, yeah. yeah. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for her to have a well, baby. Well, she's not ready anyway. to not... Sorry, I'm eating. She's not ready to not have a baby herself. She's not ready for me to have one. Yeah. yeah no, exactly. No, and, and look, you know, my best friend and I had fractured our friendship when I had a baby. Really? Because it was just that, well, you know, I was at home with the baby and doing baby stuff and going along to... You know, play groups and shit like that, and she wanted to keep partying. So Chrissy's nodding her head. Yeah, I'm not. I'm nodding my head because I'm like, it could that could be us. Yeah, well, too bad. <laughs> buckle <laughs> up, <laughs> Yeah, buckle, buckle up, bitch. <laughs> oh, Lisa, um, it's been a delight. We can check you out at Lisa Oldfield on Facey or Insta, Lisa Lock. And of course, 16. um, and the uh, just a really quick one on the Australian Egg mm. Bank. Um, in terms of that age or that, do you guys do the initial? Is there the initial kind of appointment where people can inquire about? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of what we do is education and lobbying. So, you know, feminism has taught us that we can do anything. We can, you know, have the house, the kids, the fantastic career. And then, oh, shit, I hit 40, I can do IVF and I'll have a baby. But that doesn't work. It's not a magic cure-all. So what we do is counsel women to say, look, you you want to be a partner at a law firm, you want to be general manager in your company, Um, you don't want to have kids just yet, then preserve your fertility. Because if you freeze your eggs at, say, 26, um, and then decide to have a baby at 40, you've got that 95% chance of falling pregnant as opposed to that This 10%. might be the next oh. step for me. Like, well, as opposed, to freezing, as opposed to freezing your eggs when you are, say, 30 yeah. or 35 exactly. as opposed to 26. From 35 down, your fertility really declines. So anyone who's serious about having kids but hasn't met the right bloke or still wants to focus on their career, Consider freezing your eggs. I and didn't realise that. Bank. I, there's some really good information there. It's something I'm really excited about. Yeah, yeah it's I awesome. to donate my own eggs to my best friend because she left it too late. So yeah, if I can stop I people that. replicating that problem, mm. then again, I, I feel like a good guy. And yeah, I'm going to look. I'm, the shit that I, I've done in my life. I'm at a point where I'm going to look into that a little bit more, I think, this year. Well, you've got my number. Yeah, we yeah. do. I will. I'll let you know um, because that could be the next step. It might never, not be a baby, but it might be freezing. I never realised that it was about the, and the age that you froze your eggs really mattered too. I just thought it was that at the time that you wanted to then use those eggs that was important. So yeah. that's something to know too because mm. I had no idea. Well, basically they become defective. They're, yeah. they're not viable. Their the DNA is um, compromised. So the mm. earlier the better. Mm. Okay, right. good to know. It's been lovely chatting. Thanks for your time. Pleasure, girls. Take care, Dane. Bye. Bye. If you do want to listen to any other episodes, uh, Thinker Girl, the podcast with all different guests, thethinkergirls.com.au is where you can find us. We'd absolutely love for you to drop us a, a review or share the show. Yeah, drop it like it's hot because if you enjoy it and you leave a rating or a couple of stars, it just means that everybody else can jump on board too. And, and, have a, and have we a have, and we keep doing the show. Um, and it is something that I suppose at the beginning of getting the radio show, we were a little unsure about how it would work from a schedule perspective. And now we're really grateful that we have. But we are starting to think about, you know, different ways that we can evolve it and, and obviously looking at getting it on the road uh, very soon. But we do need your help to still get the word out there. Podcasting isn't something that everybody knows about. So if you aren't 100% sure um, how to, I suppose, I don't know, 
get it out there, download um, download an app or a podcasting app on your bestie's phone and put the episodes mm. on because it just will help us a million and one to try and get the content out of there in this country in particular that everybody wants to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's do this together, Posse. Till next week. Bye. Bye. Bye Were you part of this convo and want more? Join our Thinker Girls Posse on Facebook, Instagram or thethinkergirls.com.au. Thinker Girl, the podcast with the Thinker Girls, Stacey June and Christy Mercer. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.